Welcome one, welcome all. It is the latest edition of the Blog and the Boys Roundtable, Tuesday, September 27th, 2022, 7.02 p.m. Central Standard Time. We are late because of one person that is a part of the roundtable that will remain nameless. My name is Arjo Cho. You know me from all across the BTB universe. You can read, hear, see, smell, maybe if uh, you know your uh, internet browser allows that. All of these people all across all Blog and the Boys platforms. Joining me tonight, we will go in clockwise order. As always, he was at the thrilling Dallas Cowboys win on Monday Night Football. Um, if uh, you, you followed him on social media, you could tell he was feeling pretty good. That's all we'll say. And I, I'm sure he left the stadium feeling even better. Tony Catalina, Tony, thank you for joining us. Thank you for serving as the team's good luck charm at MetLife Stadium on Monday night. The top right corner is occupied by somebody who might love Taylor Swift more than I do. Uh, you can find him in uh, your neighborhood, Trader Joe's. Uh, or making a pumpkin anything, apparently, according to his Instagram story. It is David Howman. Howman, thank you for gracing us with your presence. The bottom right spot is uh, basically now full-time belonging to somebody who lives in the top left quadrant of the United States of America. He founded the good old US of A. It is the one and only Danny Phantom. Danny, thank you for being here tonight. The 6 o'clock position is occupied by somebody whose internet is no longer an issue, who wore a bold orange t-shirt for the podcast audience that cannot see. We're all wearing some muted colors, uh, but Brandon Clements is here uh, feeling nice and loud and proud with his Syracuse orange. So good for you, Brandon. And finally, last but not least, uh, also last of the chat, I said it would be nameless. I was lying. Uh, Jess Navarez, uh, the last one to the party. Jess, uh, what do you have to say for yourself for making all of the listeners, all the viewers wait to see everything happening here? Everybody wants to talk about the Cowboys and you delayed the whole process. I want to say, do y'all want a daily show tomorrow or not? Because that's why I was late. So mm. I was late because I was still working for mm. you, okay. RJ. So I you think that gets a good excuse. That blew up all up in my face. Uh, so uh, you can hear Jess Navarez on Dallas Cowboys Daily, of course, on the Blog and the Voice podcast network that will drop bright and early. Of course, the last episode in your feed, which you can obviously hear this roundtable on, also features Jess Navarez and Brandon Laurie. We have two Brandons. We now have two Jesses. Uh, we have just two of everything. We're like Noah's Ark around here uh, at Blog and the Boys. Tony, you were at MetLife Stadium once again, seeing our Dallas Cowboys pull off the massive win. Um, they own the New York Giants. Did you take up, you know, any kind of real estate while you were there? I know you are in the real estate game in your personal life. I mean, what were you, were you looking things around? Were you, were you scouting the whole place? Yeah. You know, there, there was a whiteout. Um, but I would say a lot of it was cause a lot of fans were wearing white Cowboys jerseys. I think, um, it was a, a heavy mix of Cowboys fans there. And, uh, I, it, once, uh, we, we punched it in after that CD lamb catch, I think things started to change a little bit for the fans there. And, uh, from that point on, I felt pretty good to be in that stadium. Mm. Brandon, you are a New Yorker again, a Syracuse, uh, you know, fan and you know, everything I, I think of Syracuse and I think of you, I think of New York. I think of Frank Sinatra, Jerry Seinfeld, and Brandon Clements, if I'm being honest, did you enjoy the Cowboys getting the dub over the New York? Not good at all at football giants. First, I mean, I never got compared to Frank Sinatra before, so I'll take that, RJ. So appreciate that. That was a heck of a game last night. I was having a lot of fun. I wish I was down there with Sturge and Tony. I'm going to have to get down there next time Dallas is in town with the boys. It looked like a pretty good time. And, uh, of course, it was a great time. The Cowboys pulled out a nice, uh, a nice victory on Monday Night Football, and, and Cooper Rush looked pretty darn good. David Hellman, um, 
Cooper Rush is the talk of the town. Um, being compared, I compared Brandon to Frank Sinatra. Cooper's drawing Kurt Warner comparisons. Um, things are getting a little bit wild. I think of all the ways we saw this Cowboys season going through three games, this is maybe the the one multiverse where uh, Doctor Strange was like a like in, like a Pythagorean theorem, like he was a weird geometrical shape or whatever it was. That was for you, yeah, Alman. No I big mean... deal. Okay. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Uh, I, I mean, it, it kind of really fits for the Cowboys having a redheaded backup perform well. I mean, we we had Jason Garrett. Um, Cooper Rush has obviously been with the Cowboys for a while. Andy Dalton, um, and and now it's now it's his turn. So, uh, if my math is correct, that means he'll probably be the head coach in about twenty years or so. Mm. That is uh that is true. There is uh there are a lot of timelines where that is the case. Danny Phantom, um, one of our questions tonight has been inspired by you. So you start off with five points. Once again, everybody contending for the coveted BTB roundtable champion crown. Uh so way to go, Danny. The sash uh currently over your uh broad shoulders. But we're gonna start with a question from the chat, Danny, and you can have it. Rex Morgan says, Should we be worried that we struggled against a bad team? Or live it up because we beat them with a backup quarterback. Danny Phantom, the floor is yours. Um, both is my answer. Oh, five points revoked, Danny. No fence riding around here. Come on, pick a side. You, I'm not. I'm not going to compromise my. I'm going to give you my honest answer. I think that. I mean, it's true that it's just the Giants, but I think that there's a lot of. A lot of good things that you you look at this game and you just got to feel good about this team. I mean, I, I don't know about you guys, but like when Saquon ran that, you know, took that, you know, 36 yarder in, I just feel like I, I just kind of felt defeated. I like, well, that's it. I mean, they scored. We can't score a touchdown. And, you know, that's we're not going to there's no way. And then what happened over the next two drives? Just I mean, I just feel differently about this team for a couple of reasons. First off. You know, and we, we talked about this before. This defense is a good defense. I mean, and, and it travels. And it's not something that, you know, I really am worried about anymore. And I think when you have that, you can um, you can withstand the these moments where the offense isn't playing the best. And you have a, a quarterback like Cooper Rush who isn't the best but can get it done. So, I mean, I feel really good. I think that, I mean, it's it's we won't have the same kind of success against a couple of the teams coming up, you know, on our schedule. But it, it's still, you know, this it feels good to go out and play well. Tony, you were there. Um, did the emotion sweep over you? Did you feel like it was truly like a like a battle? Did I mean, did you feel like it was it was something heavy, or or did you kind of feel like, hey, you know, Saquon Barkley scored, but you know, he's pl now played in seven games against the Dallas Cowboys and he's lost literally all of them. I mean, so I mean, you know, what end of the spectrum did you fall? In? I think the way it, the way this season's kind of felt for us is like. I always feel comfortable when the defense has a chance. Like the defense has been keeping this team in games for, you know, three weeks in a row now. They're the real deal. And I think a lot of you would agree with me in the sentiment that for a long time, we didn't feel like that. I felt like we always had to kind of hold our breath when we were on defense. But now I'm really excited when the unit comes out there because I feel like they can make plays. And I think a lot of people in that stadium kind of felt that way too. I think Micah Parsons, even though his statistical output wasn't that great, it made other guys like I didn't even realize. And that's one thing that's kind of different about being in the game. I didn't even realize how dominant Demarcus Lawrence was in the moment until I got to watch it back. And it's just this defense is special. And I think even the Giants fans, they understood how good this defense is. Now, they thought they had a good chance in the building because of Cooper Rush, but at the same time, um, like Danny said, that defense travels, and you, you have to feel good if you got a chance with them any any Sunday, any Monday, really.
Brandon, I imagine you know a lot of New York Giants fans. Um, you know, there's some emotion. There's some like, well, it's a division game. It's a road division win. It's a primetime game. You know, they came back from some adversity that Danny described. You know, the Saquon touchdown did kind of feel like, oh, this is getting away from them. Maybe the Bengals game was more of a mirage than not. Do you put any legitimacy into it? Or or should we really just take it from the perspective of like, this, this team sucks? I'll be honest with you. The Giants fans that I know, they they talked a lot of smack going into the game last uh, last night. I I was I was getting text messages. I was getting uh, some DMs from friends of mine that are diehard Giants fans. Just you guys, you guys are taking another L. Danny Dimes this, Danny Dimes that. I mean, I'll be honest with you. They do have some good pieces, and I think you know I hate to say it, but they've brought in the right people. I mean, they took a bunch of the guys from the Buffalo Bills, uh, the um, and, uh, front office and, and also the, uh, the offensive coordinator, Dable. I mean, they're, they're building something there. They're, they're, I mean, they're not, they're not that far away. So I don't think they're necessarily an awful team. I think they're more, I, I think at the end of the year, they're going to finish, I think right around 500. I think they will be good enough to get close to the playoffs, but not make the playoffs and get one of those like draft picks. You don't really want because you're, you're, you're not great but you're also not getting a great draft pick. So it, it, to me, I thought, it, I, I thought it was a good win because it, it, I mean, the giants, they were, they started the year two and oh. So, I mean, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who they played and how the games ended. They, they were two and oh, so they were, they were better than I thought they would be. Hellman, I saw a tweet from sports illustrated's Connor Orr right before the game began that said something to the effect of I'm paraphrasing here. Like there are like three good teams in the NFL and then everybody sucks. And it does kind of feel like there are some elite teams. I, I would put the Eagles in that mix. I know that upsets a lot of people around here. Um, you could put the Eagles, the Dolphins. I don't, you know, Chiefs, Ravens, Bills. There's kind of, a, you know, a little hodgepodge you can choose from. And then everybody's kind of in this mix. Um, so in that sense, do you feel like, okay, yeah, maybe it wasn't the highest quality win for the Cowboys, but who has a bunch of high quality wins right now? Yeah, I definitely agree. So far throughout the NFL, we've seen a lot of mediocrity like even even the bills through the first two games they looked like they were going to be the one real juggernaut and then they lost to the dolphins in a way that really still doesn't even make sense to me um so it, it really is so far three games in it's you know no team really looks like that dominant team um and especially in the nfc uh the, two, the top two teams uh starting at the beginning of the year looked like the packers and bucks and they played each other and neither of them looked particularly good playing against each other uh, and then the Eagles, in my opinion, have played absolutely nobody and they've come out undefeated against a pretty easy schedule. We'll see how they go throughout the rest of the season. Um, but actually, after this this last week, the Cowboys now rank sixth in total DVLA, which measures team efficiency. And I don't think it's necessarily because the Cowboys are the sixth best team. I think it's more so because there's not a whole lot of great teams out there right now. Mm. That is really optimistic and depressing at the same time. So thank you, Hellman, uh, for for boosting our spirits. Um, Jess, where do you fall on this as we kind of tie a bow on this subject? Was it a great win? Was it a win? And that really is all that matters around here? Like, are you kind of sick of all these guys being mopey Eeyores about this whole situation? A little bit. I'm trying to be optimistic here because if you would have told me at the end of week one after the Bucks game that the Cowboys would look like they do now with Dak Prescott out, I would have laughed in your face and I would have said you were lying because the circumstances to which the Cowboys have had to work through just in these last three weeks alone 
is kind of unreal when you think about it. Just the emotional trauma Cowboys fans have had to endure these last three weeks is really like no other fandom, I feel. Um, and, and it started early on, right? I mean, we had the young O-line to worry about, and then there was the Tyler Smith debacle, and then you have these young wide receivers, and, you know, then Dak is injured, and and now what? The sky's falling again. And, and I think nobody expected the Cowboys to look like they do now, given it's still early on, and what we're seeing now isn't going to be what we see in even two weeks from now right but um I, I think a lot of it I'm going to give credit to Cooper Rush because he's proven a lot of people wrong and I personally was not high on the Will Greer pick uh or the choice between him or Will Greer during uh training camp I was always I always have liked Cooper Rush I I don't have a problem with him I think uh, a lot of people really underestimated him and underestimated the chemistry that he has within this locker room and the respect that this organization has for him because I'm sorry, but things like you see between him and Noah Brown don't just happen from somebody who hasn't been there. I, I mean, put some respect on my guy Cooper Rush's name because at the end of the day, he's putting the Cowboys in a much better position than we thought they would be in, especially after we heard about Dak's injury. I think now, um, you know, I tweeted about this. It gives the Cowboys that padding, if you will, to allow Dak to fully recover and not feel like they need to no pun intended, rush him back into the game because they're falling behind. Especially when you're winning a divisional game, I think it's important no matter what, especially winning early because you don't want to be playing catch-up later on in the season. So I'm staying optimistic in saying that I think it was a good game. Uh, I don't think the Giants are a great team by any means, but I also don't think they're the worst team. Uh, I think, you know, like Brandon said, they're on the up and up, and that's the scariest part is they may not be great now, but they're establishing a chemistry, especially on the defensive side of the ball, that could be a little scary come a couple of years. So just saying it's a win, and we're all happy on this Victory Tuesday, which you said Victory Monday in um, more technical terms. I've always referred to the day after a Cowboys win as, as Victory Polo Monday. Um, it gets confusing, obviously, when they play on Monday Night Football or Thursday Night Football or Thanksgiving. Um, you know, it's a brand. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's you, it gets weird if you start using different things and hashtags and stuff. So, I mean, just, you know, be cool, Jess. Um, okay, so uh, Jess um, helped segue us, um, despite calling me out a little bit, uh, by apologizing, so to speak, or offering a, a sort of pseudo-apology to the Cowboys on behalf of uh, preferring Will Greer over Cooper Rush. Danny, this was your idea, actually. Apology letters to the Dallas Cowboys front office. Just kind of got us started. Um, this is your thing, Danny. So, you know, if you you want to set the stage and we'll all kind of follow your lead here, um, you you seem to feel, and I don't think anybody disagrees with you, that the Cowboys are, you know, are owed some apologies for some certain things. Yeah, so, you know what, I, there's a lot, actually, that, you know, I, I'm go, I go down the list and I'm, like, finding things. It's like, well, no, I don't think I... I was right about that. So, I mean, I I'd actually apologized once already last week. Um, so I'm not going to do that again, but I'm going to, I'm actually going to get ahead of this one because, and this is, this is not one that people are ready to apologize for and, and won't agree with, but I want to apologize for questioning their wide receiver evaluations and choices because I know it's not what we want, but it's I'm starting to see something there, and it's a lot of other things have just presented themselves already. But I think with wide receiver, I think that there's some things that happened that were kind of like they didn't, you know, that weren't that was unforeseen, you know, obviously with Dak getting hurt, and then um, you know, and, and then Cooper Rush coming in and stuff. So the offense, I guess it's it's understandable that they're they're struggling um, 
you know, to a point. But I do think they had a plan, and I don't necessarily think it was terrible. So, I mean, we saw glimpses of C.D. Lamb kind of like showing a little bit of being the number one in the second half, you know, in the last game. And I want to point out that we know we haven't seen that yet. But also, too, when like Amari's here, he's always had Gallup with them, and, and then he's got CD as well, and then you got all these guys. So you got all these guys together, and it's so, of course, you know, they're having success, and CD has not had that. So I think once we get things change a little bit, we get Michael Gallup in here, we get Dak healthy. I have a feeling, and I'll, I'll, another thing, too, about this, too, is the Cowboys weren't worried about this because they knew they were going to play with 12 personnel and I think their tight ends have been done a fantastic job. So I just think that the way they've handled the, the receiving game, their offense with their wide receivers is actually not as bad as I thought. So I just want to offer an apology and, and you know what, it might even get, get better. So that's, that's where I'm going. Okay. So we'll start there. Uh, hands raised. Um, don't worry. Podcast settings. We've got you. Um, Jess is already raising her hand. Doesn't know why. Uh, I was going to say hands raised. Who agrees with Danny? Who would like to join in on the apology tour? Uh, Danny, we know you agree with yourself. Uh, <laughs> thank you for raising your hand, though. Uh, who also feels like the Cowboys handled the wide receiver position? I don't want to put words in your mouth, Danny, but but correctly. I mean, I, I guess just to kind of you know tie a bow on that point. Um, no hand from Tony. No hand from Howman. No hand from Brandon. That correct for the three of you? Yes. Okay, no hand for me either. Jess, you agree with Danny, and then the four of us will tell you why you're wrong. But go ahead. No, I'm team Danny with this one because here's the thing. I I personally was the first to be, you know, upset about the entire Amari Cooper situation. I was livid. I was horrified to what we were going to see. I'm not gonna lie. You go back and you look at my tweets. You're gonna you're gonna find some choice words about uh, that entire situation. And I think what we're seeing now from the wide receiver group is a bunch of guys taking their opportunities, which I was almost sick of hearing throughout training camp. Which it, it just was like a broken record at that point. But I, I think you're seeing guys get the chance to step up. That you know Noah Brown. Who who would have thought Noah Brown would come out looking like this this season? And, you know, a lot of people pegged him as the special teams guy. Now he's getting the opportunity to show what he has on, you know, the offensive side of the ball and uh, really being his own kind of wide receiver. I think we have yet to even, like Danny touched on, we have yet to see even the best of it. You still have James Washington in that mix that people forget about. You still have him that's in the mix. I don't know how how that's going to fit in roster wise and, and numbers wise, but you still have him there. You still have just a lot of guys who have yet to even get comfortable. You have CD who, you know, fourth quarter showed us the wide receiver. One position is rightfully his when he plays like that. Right. So look, I'm just saying I owe an apology letter for uh, contributing to the sky is falling rhetoric after Amari left. That's all I'm saying. And Michael Gallup, he has yet to gallop back in, but when he does, and he's healthy, and he's playing all of his full reps, it's going to be dangerous. Tony, why do you disagree? Uh, I'm just nervous because you look at the what we have faced so far. The Bengals secondary is nothing really special, and you're looking at the, the Giants secondary outside of Adoree Jackson. Uh, they, they were super banged up, so they haven't really done it against a quality secondary. Um, even the Buccaneers' strength of their defense isn't the secondary and they still you know that's kind of more of indicative of what 
if you don't have talent on the outside, what it can look like. You're going to face teams that are much better in the back end that can kind of manipulate and, and, and kind of win those matchups. So I'm nervous in the sense that they still haven't done enough. Outside of Noah Brown, if you look at Kevante Turpin, Jalen Tolbert, Simi Fajoko, those three guys have a combined four receptions for 28 yards. So uh, we're talking about people that have proven us wrong. I think who has proven us wrong is Noah Brown. Uh, outside of Noah Brown, I, I'm very skeptical. I love the idea of Noah Brown as like a number three wide receiver. I'd love to see Jalen Tolbert kind of grow into a role and kind of have those two as the three, four. With a healthy Gallup back, I feel much better about CD and those, those guys together. But I'm not even sure, you know, James Washington has a job when he comes back realistically. And I'm not really sure that we've seen too much from the wide receiver room. I think we've seen some things from some of these young tight ends. But at the end of the day, it's... um. You know, I'm still there's still some things that need to be seen, on, and uh, at least as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, Tony, I'll echo. I saw Hellman and Brandon both kind of nod. I think we'll all apologize to Noah Brown. Well done. You know, you've earned your stripes, so to speak. Um, cool, but I mean, there there is still a lot of questions. Um, certainly, Brandon, your point. Do you have what, what would you like to add to Tony's point? Because you didn't raise your hand either. Yeah, I mean, I've, here's the thing. I've been optimistic about about the receiving core and what the Cowboys have done all offseason. I'm just one of those. I just trust the process, and I just trust I just trust that they're making the right decisions, you know, for the franchise. So I know, yeah, James Washington. We'll see what happens when he gets back because we got to make some roster moves just to get him in the in the mold or in the mix. So it to me, I mean, I'll just say this. I think I I think Noah Brown. I, I've been a fan of Noah Brown for a long time. I, I didn't I didn't expect him to come out and do what he's done, but I I, I knew he wasn't just some guy that could just block. I, I, there was always something there, and I'll, I'll be honest with you. And I could see uh, Ron the Don just said he, uh, Noah's a dog, and he and he is. And I, I I think he showed flashes a little bit. And don't get this all twisted, but on some of those routes, the the after the catch. He looked a little bit like a Des Bryant breaking some tackles. So, you know, I, I'm not saying he's Des Bryant by any means. So I'm not trying to put that out in the universe. But he looked really good. So, I mean, from that perspective, that was like the mild surprise. But I was, I've been optimistic about this, about what they've done all, you know, all offseason, and particularly with the receivers. I mean, Dak, Dak had a few, you know, he, he liked Dennis Houston, which I know that hasn't really worked out because, you know, he's, he's back on the practice squad. But Dak has been happy. You know, that, that's the most important thing. If Dak has been happy with what he has for weapons, he maybe could just be, you know, just kind of pumping it up, pumping them up a little bit. But I don't think Dak's going to do that. I think Dak's going to be honest about it. And I really think that if you should trust Dak Prescott, he's the franchise quarterback. If he has faith in these guys, I'm okay with it. And, and to, to be honest, there's not, nothing for me to, at this point, to apologize for because. I've always been, I'm pretty optimistic across the board with, with what things, how things play out and what, what things are ha- like, how things are happening in the off season. I don't want to criticize Dak Prescott by any means, but he was a big voice, obviously in the room for Jalen Tolbert and then Tolbert couldn't get active for the first two games of the season. So I think that's at least worth mentioning, right? There's a, there's positive and negative sides to things. Um, in that vein, how you're wearing a CD lamb Jersey, right? I, I'm always hesitant to make sure because I mean, I can't see the back, but it is a CD lamb Jersey, right? Just to, be, yeah. just to be certain. Okay. There's one hanging behind me for obvious reasons. Um, the Cowboys went about the receiver position the way they did largely due to an expectation that CD was going to elevate his game. Kudos to CD had an amazing second half of the third quarter and fourth quarter overall. Obviously the CD possession was, was super impressive, but he was kind of terrible for a large part of this game. And that in of itself, Howman is sort of indicative of, Hey, you kind of put all your eggs in this basket 
and it wasn't working. Like if CD has been had been going off or has been going off for the last two weeks, we could sit here and be like, okay, you know what, Cowboys, you were right. But I don't think that that Noah Brown is is enough proof for us to sit here and say, no offense, Danny or Jess, like, hey, y'all were right. The fact that CD has had any kind of struggle, I think, screams that they were actually kind of wrong about this. Yeah, I completely agree. And and we've kind of seen this with CD in his brief time with Dallas so far is like he has these moments where, you know, he has drops or he just doesn't run the right route. And, you know, it, he doesn't quite put it all together. And the nice thing is that he does make up for it later in the game or or later on in the season. And, and he shows that potential. He shows why we were so thrilled when the Cowboys got him in the first round of that draft. Um, but he hasn't really put it together and become that dominant receiver just yet. That that second half he had, especially that one drive, that's what they need to see from him every single drive, every single game with how they've talked him up, with how they've built this offense around feeding him. Um, and I just haven't seen it yet. And as for the other receivers, I mean, we've kind of talked about it. Uh, outside of Noah Brown, none of the other receivers have actually done much. Jalen Tolbert just made his NFL debut um you know Dennis Houston did not work out and even with Noah Brown he's had a great first three games but like Jess mentioned a, a big part of that is because Cooper Rush has been throwing on the ball so much in practice over the years that kind of chemistry I don't know if he has as big of a year uh so far ironically if Dak is here and playing quarterback because they just didn't have that kind of chemistry so I don't even necessarily think it's so much a matter of Noah Brown being that great, but more so he just has great chemistry with the quarterback that's throwing the ball right now. Mm. Four against two. Sorry, Danny, Jess, you lose the round. Um, all right, let's, those are the rules. I just, you know, it's a democracy. Um, anyway, <laughs> so let's move on. Next apology letter. Danny, uh, you offered an apology letter on behalf of the wide receiver group. We kind of fleshed that out. Anybody have another apology they want to write to the Cowboys? Tony, you raised your hand first. Jess, you're next, but Tony, go ahead. Yeah, I, I think I think I tweeted this out. I I just want to apologize to Cooper Rush. I, I was heavy on the Will Greer train. I I think RJ, you're right there with me. I feel like Will Greer had an element that Take me down with you. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm dragging you down with me. But uh, I I thought Will Greer was you know, had a little bit more juice to him, a little more something or pizzazz, whatever it was. We just felt like the mundane of Cooper Rush. They just thought there was better arm talent, more skill. But th- there's something to be said about knowing this offense, being able to run it efficiently, being smart with the football, and just knowing your role and that's what Cooper Rush has shown um I I will definitely eat crow on that uh Cooper Rush has come in here and done exactly what they've asked him to do um I'm very vocal about the fact that I thought all he had to do was win one football game and this would be a successful time frame that uh Dak has been out but now at this point it's like it's a realistic possibility he could win three and you know why would we limit the man who's undefeated in the NFL so I I do want to humbly apologize to Cooper Rush and uh you know I, I was wrong the uh, title of the segment was Apology Letters to the Dallas Cowboys Front Office. Um, and, Tony, you completely defied that and, and went uh, for well, a they player. They picked Cooper Rush, so they <laughs> won. Yeah. So, uh, Jess, we know you agree. We know you were Team Will Greer. Tony didn't drag you down. Um, Danny, do you agree um, that, that we owe the Cowboys a bit of an apology uh, for, for Cooper Rush and choosing him? Yeah. First off, I want to just throw the challenge flag on the last one because I believe that although Brandon did not apologize – he was still felt really good about the wide receiver situation. Mm, so didn't I, raise his hand. We went off hands or hand raises. I mean, so yeah. anyway, but uh, <laughs> I uh, like everyone else. I had my own doubts with Cooper rush because there's just nothing flashy about Cooper rush. And that's why we always try to find somebody to beat him out in training camp. But no, for sure. The guy is just, you know, he has stayed composed and 
went out there. I mean, he doesn't get rattled. You know, you just, and I will say this, they're doing a fantastic job, you know, protecting him. I mean, he's not, he, he wasn't having to do what Daniel Jones was having to do last night by any means. So it's, he's had a clean pocket to work with, but I really think he's decisive making good throws. And, you know, a couple of those passes, you know, with Jalen Tolbert and CD Lamb, I mean, Cooper could have had a 300 plus yard game uh, last night. So I, for sure, this is not the mediocre backup that I, you know, thought it, he is slightly above average backup quarterback, and I, uh, I am very pleased with how he's playing. So, absolutely, I, I thought they were kind of playing with fire there, and and no, they're not. Jess, they, you pushed, you pushed back, Jess, uh, on the idea that you were needing to apologize for this as well. Well, because you said I was on the Will Greer t- train, and I was. You not. said that I didn't no, say that. You said no, that like ten I minutes ago. I said I wasn't. I said I was never mm. on that train. I rallied for Cooper Rush since okay. day one because. Crown's flag. A, the challenge flag. Um, and, and if I didn't say that, I'm sorry. I've been talking about the Cowboys. This is my third time talking about the Cowboys on podcast today, guys. I'm a little tired. But um, it's look. all good stuff. It's all good stuff. But I will say, here's the thing. I think it was easy for people to underestimate Cooper Rush because really we had only seen him once in a full game um, before this season. And it, it's uh, – here's the thing. He's done what he needs to do so far. Um However, we still don't know the timetable for Dak's return. So he, if he continues to play like he is, that's great. But I'm just waiting, and I'm not trying to manifest it. But if he loses at some point, then we're going to hear everything go back and, and kind of revert, I think, from Cowboys Twitter, who can be a little bit uh, a little bit rough sometimes. So I just want to say, giving Cooper Rush credit where it's due because Danny touched base on his composure – it's phenomenal. I mean, this guy during the press conferences, he doesn't even crack a smile. Like, are you happy that you won, sir? Because you should be. Um, I, I just think his composure is is amazing. I think his chemistry is amazing. And he knows Kellen Moore's scheme. Let's not forget. He's been around it. He knows what Kellen Moore's up to. He's all about it. So, uh, hey, I, I think an apology letter to Cooper Rush on behalf of everybody, even though I never hated on him personally, I'll add in because these are I, supposed to be letters from us, not letters from uh, everyone else that you're writing. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Um, Are we a team, RJ? Don't you do team things together? Interesting twist on the exercise. Um, okay. <laughs> I was going to go to your apology letter next, yeah. Jess, but you kind of wrote one for all of us. Brandon, Howman, do either of you have an apology letter that you would like to write to the Dallas Cowboys front office? Brandon, I, no. I, Brandon, you don't You don't regret anything, Brandon. You stand by everything no. you said. Interesting. I, I stand by it. I mean, 
here's the thing. I was never I was never a Cooper Rush fan or a Will Greer fan. I was kind of hoping we were going to go outside and get somebody else. I mean, I mean, obviously we couldn't get Jimmy Garoppolo. That was that's one that's one crazy example. There, I mean, I named a few guys recently, but I'm very happy with Cooper Rush. It's a pleasant surprise. I I I consider him a game manager, which is perfect for for you know what we need right now. Because let's be honest, the defense is carrying the mail right now. That's just that's that's just how it is. It's the defense is so darn good that you don't need that great of a quarterback to do anything and to win games. These games have been ugly in a lot of senses, but guess what? Micah Parsons, yes, he didn't fill up, he didn't fill up the stat sheet, but guess what? Because of his presence, guys like Tank Lawrence had a monster game, and I feel like he would have had five or six sacks if he didn't get injured and miss part of the game. So to me, it's, it's, I, I, that's great. That's great that Cooper Rush has done. He's done decent. I think he threw for almost 70% last night. So I'll give him his, I'll give him his flowers on that, so to speak. But for me, it's, 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 it's all about the defense. So if you have somebody that can be at least a game manager, then I'm good because you know what? The defense is that good. Um, Halman, do you want to apologize for anything? I mean, interesting. Brandon's the only one who's like, I, everything I've said about this team all year long, I'm good. I I have no, I, I want no second chances, no do-overs. Halman, do you want one? Pumpkin. And pumpkin just like naturally makes you smarter, I think. No, ha- well, no, Halman is the pumpkin fan, not Brandon. Halman, oh, so. No, has, no, has, no, I thought you were no. talking about, well, you're wearing orange, so you might as well just become a pumpkin yeah. skin anyway. I'm, re- I'm, re- I'm representing the 4-0 Syracuse Orange. That just um, finally made the coaches pull, so we're, we're happy. Uh, I think it's pumpkin season. I think that's what you're representing. Halman, oh. you are a fan of pumpkin. <laughs> Do you have an apology letter to write? Um, well, I'm thinking of the legendary words of a legendary Cowboys fan, Connor McGregor. I would like to take this opportunity to apologize to absolutely nobody. Um, I think one, I just think we're getting a little carried away. It's three games and two of those games have been against teams that personally, I didn't think were going to be all that great going into those games. I thought the Bengals were due for a huge regression before before the season even started, and so far they've kind of proved me right. I thought that the Giants, even though they got out to 2-0, and I thought it was a very fraudulent 2-0, and and the Cowboys kind of proved that right. Um, and, you know, with the receivers, uh, you know, I, we kind of talked about it. I don't think that they're actually, per, you know, overperforming that much um, with regards to Cooper Rush. Um, I agree that he's played great, but also keep in mind, a lot of us were on the Will, Will Greer train because Cooper Rush looked terrible in preseason. Like we were just going based off of what we saw. It's kind of like the Mark, Micah Parsons pick. People hated it because, you know, when he was in college, he did not look like he does in the NFL now. Like we were just going off what we saw, what we what we could actually observe. And Cooper Rush now in the regular season is completely different Cooper Rush from what we saw in the preseason. Um, so you know, it's I, I'm enjoying the the two and one start. I think they're gonna make it three and one this week. Um, and I still think that the Cowboys are very formidable in the NFC East. But I think that it's still very, very early to start saying that the front office got anything right. Um, AJ says, Halman from the top rope. Uh, Link adds, I am not apologizing for nothing. Kellen still has to go, and Jerry's still stubborn, and we need more to go deep in the playoffs. And Cooper did okay. Um, Be he no damn deck. Um, So does anybody have any thoughts on Halman before I offer my um, apology? 
I just want to say, in regards to the preseason, this is Howman. Howman likes the pumpkin. This is David Howman. I know. I know. (laughs) I know. Look, I'm just saying, in regards to the preseason comment, of course he doesn't look the same that he did in preseason. He has his starters now. He doesn't have the second and third string people in. I mean, of course he's going to look different than he did in preseason. However, I, I, I don't think, I, I really don't think anybody expected him to play like he is now. Uh, to be honest, I, I don't think if you would have asked any of us two weeks ago, we would have said we're winning any games without Dak. And then we thought we'd be in a situation where we're like, oh, my gosh, Dak can come back next week. We we know he barely got the stitch out of his finger, but he's ready. Who knows if he can grip a ball, but he's ready because we need him to be ready. We're not in that situation. So that's really, yeah, that's my rebuttal to you because, of course, he doesn't look the same as he did in preseason. He shouldn't. He uh, Nobody should. Nobody should. But it is still, uh, quote, September football. I'm so tired of hearing that phrase, but it is. Um, I would just point out, like, in preseason, he was QB1. Look, Cooper is awesome. All right, we're not going to spend a, a million minutes on Cooper Rush. Um, Ron the Don said, Halman with the kill shot on Cowboys optimism. So, um, you know, uh, maybe you really are, Eeyore Halman. I will say, I, of the five of you. Don't uh, do it. Don't do it. What, Don't do what? it. What am um, I going to do, Danny? Don't go gonna... there. Don't go there, RJ. You don't know where I'm going to go. I know where you're going. I will say of the five of you, I agree the most with Hellman. Um, I don't agree with him 100%. I agree a lot with um, the Cooper Rush you know, idea. Um, but I, I give none of that credit to the front office. Like I, I give no, none of the, the credit for what has happened. I like they they I said this on a different show earlier today. They jumped out of a plane without a parachute through a ring of fire with rattlesnakes wrapped around their ankles and stuck the landing. And good for them. Like they survived. But that doesn't mean like the process or the results don't justify the process to me. Um, I will apologize to Brett Maher specifically because I was very mean to Brett Maher. Um, and and he turned it around and good for him. I will eat that crow. I will eat the crow on not believing Noah Brown to be a viable offensive player. I will eat the crow on thinking that Jason Peters should play left tackle. I still think he should, but like again, the results are there. I will eat the crow on Cooper Rush because I wanted Will Greer. Thank you, Tony, for you know dispersing my name as well. Um, but I doubted those players. But the process was still broken. I mean, the, 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 like so many things could cool. Noah Brown developed. You know what would have made life so much easier and not forced that to be a necessity? Having Amari Cooper around, having a different veteran free agent, having, you know, like anybody else, literally good for Noah Brown that he stepped up. But CD has kind of failed, which is indicative, again, to the point that we made earlier of the Cowboys overall process failing. And I am very happy about Tyler Smith at left tackle. We haven't really talked about this, but this was not the plan. Jerry Jones said today on Tuesday on 105.3 The Fan that he did not think that and you know, we're taking the word of Jerry Jones here. I understand, you know, the, that that's not the most wise thing to do, but he did not think that Jason Peters could play left guard. So you, like, at no point in time was Tyler Smith the plan at left tackle. All the, They have fallen backwards into basically every great thing that has happened to them. Howman, you mentioned Micah Parsons, and, and he is awesome. Nobody would undo that. It's a shame that Rashawn Slater's hurt. He was not evaluated this way. He was evaluated as an off-ball linebacker, and they spent what was effectively the 10th overall pick on him. That's not a wise thing to do. They did discover a unicorn, and good for them. I mean, Dak, Romo, like we could go on and on and on, all of the great things that have happened to them 
have been happy accidents, except for the initial assembly of the great offensive line that is kind of on its last legs, unfortunately. So I will apologize to a lot of players, even Brett Maher. My actual apology, he like people are like, oh, RJ, Brett Maher is amazing. But that's true. You're right. However, Brett Maher was not the plan. Jonathan Garibay was the plan to be this team's kicker. Lareem Hyrulahu was the plan to be this team's kicker. Congratulations to the Cowboys, Cowboys for perfectly executing plan C. RJ, let me just jump in real quick. On this. I just, I got, I got, I got to jump in. I got, I got about this. I got one last thing on this front office. I think, I think a lot of people were not happy on draft night when Tyler Smith was the name called in round one. And here's the thing: you bring in a guy like Jason Peters, who will be a Hall of Famer when his when his playing days are done at left tackle. And yes, I know he's still trying to trying to get into the game, you know, game shape. They put him on a snap count last night. But you're putting him in at left guard, and you're leaving you're you're leaving Tyler Smith at left tackle. Obviously, there's enough confidence in Tyler Smith that he's progressed well enough. So at this point, the early the early returns on Tyler Smith are are, are I know it's early, it's a small sample size, but he looks a lot better than people may have thought when he got drafted. Yeah, and good for Tyler Smith. I mean, that that is the one actual thing I will give the scouting department. They believed. They believed in Tyler Smith. They took a lot of heat, and they stuck by him, and they were right. But they wanted to play him at left guard. That remains true. We all know that to be the case. And again, they stumbled into this because they did not properly prepare for Tyron Smith's injury, and thankfully, Tyler Smith has saved them. Um, Danny, this was your idea. Who offered the best apology? Who offered the worst? <laughs> and did I go where you thought I was going to go? No, uh, you did not. You oh, did thank, not. You. thank you. You went somewhere else, and it was equally tough to listen to. <laughs> but uh, thank you. Ten uh, points for Danny. Respect. All right. I know. I'm honestly. I just. I have to go with Jess, obviously, because you know. Because she, she agreed uh, outright with you. Interesting. Okay, fine. That's the reason. Um, no, I because mean we I just, were right. Yeah, obviously. Uh, I, I just feel like people just don't want to own up to things. I mean, well, last week we couldn't acknowledge that the Eagles are good. And, and I wonder if I'm anybody, <laughs> I'm sorry, not, not you, okay, RJ, okay, not okay. you. <laughs> everyone else. Uh, but I just, I just feel like, uh, I just feel like we're just, we're just stuck on, we're stuck, you know, a little bit and we just don't want to acknowledge things and we don't want to give credit sometimes. I mean, this could, I, I have a hard time believing that all of this is just uh, an accident. I do think the Cowboys do have a plan. And while we speculate what that might be, you know, and then we see, see things unfold differently and then things actually start to like take shape. I do think they deserve some credit there. Cause I don't think that this is as much as a, as a, a fluky accident as, as some might try to um, you know frame it. But I just think that maybe we're just a little bit too stuck in our ways and not wanting to, I, I had a tough time acknowledging Tyler Smith was, as good as he is, because I mean, I've been, I've been really criticizing that guy from from the get go. But I mean, look what's going on here. We have our future left tackle. So I just think that maybe things are a little bit more that this team has it has has it dialed in a little more than we're willing to give them credit for. And I I think we might need to you know come around. Hey, we're two and one with Cooper Rush. I mean, this is this is good. I think the the issue is the premise of the question or the premise of the idea, like. It, again, I don't think the results justify the entire process. I've, I've used this analogy before, but this is like a, an episode of Chopped, right? The Cowboys were given like cottage cheese, uh, Neapolitan, is it Neapolitan? I always mess this up. It's Neapolitan ice cream, right? Uh, yeah. Neapolitan ice cream and garlic bread. And it was like, make a great meal. But like, instead of it being an assignment, they chose those things. You know what I'm saying? They, like they chose those ingredients. They have made a great meal. It's delicious. We're all happy with the results through week three. But 
the filet mignon was right there. The pasta was right there. You know what I'm saying? Like the uh, macaroni and cheese truffle was right there. Like they could have chosen those things and kudos to them for, for making it work to this point. But the some of the decisions were still questionable. Um, so there is some sort of like, I think, happy medium truth to your point, Danny. Um, but I give no credit uh, in that respect to the front office. I give all the credit to the chefs that have been um, actually utilizing the ingredients, which brings me to, Danny, one of your favorite topics. All right. You want to talk about being stuck in the mud on things? Halman, this goes to you first. Mike McCarthy deserves way more credit than he is getting. David Halman, the floor is yours. Sing us a song. <laughs> oh yes, Mike McCarthy does deserve way more credit than he's getting. Um, and that's that's pretty much always been the story for Mike McCarthy. You know, in Green Bay, everybody said he's he's carried by Aaron Rodgers. Of course, he's winning a lot because Aaron Rodgers is one of the best quarterbacks ever. But you know, he's been gone from Green Bay for how many years now? And the Packers haven't even reached the Super Bowl, let alone won it. So if he was the one Drag him. Him back, what's the problem now? Um, you know, McCarthy's come to Dallas and what we've seen, I, I go back to something that that Danny actually said in one of in one of his earlier answers. When Saquon Barkley got that touchdown, it felt like this was the moment where everything comes crumbling apart. It felt like this is the moment where they're going to cave. And not only did they not, they responded right away with a touchdown. They get a three and out. They go back and they score again, and they close the game out. And that that is not something that we've seen very often from these Cowboys for a very long time. And that is something that we have kind of seen hints of during the McCarthy era so far as he's been trying to get, you know, guys that have a certain uh, a certain tenacity in them and the way that they play. That's one of the things they like about Tyler Smith. That's one of the things that they like about what Jason Peters brings to this to this offensive line. Uh, and McCarthy talks a lot about that and he tries to embody that kind of culture. And there was a bit of a culture shift when he first got here. Now we're starting to see it set in. And two weeks in a row now, when the Bengals started coming back in that game, these Cowboys toughened up and they didn't they didn't fade and they pulled it out and they pulled out the tough win and they did it with a backup quarterback. So uh, I think that's the Mike McCarthy difference. I don't know if it's enough to propel them to a Super Bowl, but it, it's definitely a difference and it's something that comes from Mike McCarthy. I agree with you 100%, Halman. Um, early front runner for BTB Roundtable champion, David Halman. Everybody take notice. Um, the duel is still an option. I don't think, and sorry, Danny, I don't think that there's any question that this is a, a far more successful coaching regime for the Cowboys than than the one prior to Mike McCarthy. To your point, though, Hammond, I don't know that it is the right one. I don't know that they're, it's all going to end the way we want. But I do think this was, again, maybe not the right hire, but it was certainly, even if it does end at the end of the season, it was a step in the right direction. Uh, Mike McCarthy has coached 14 games, Tony Catalina, without Dak Prescott under center. He is 7-7 seven and seven in those games. Uh, shout out to Monica Geller. Jason Garrett coached 14 games without Tony Romo as his franchise quarterback, not counting the interim season. I know some people want to include that, but he was not technically the full-time head coach. He went one in 13 in those games. Um, so a stark difference between Jason Garrett and Mike McCarthy. Mike Tony does kind of feel like that guy that, you know, and you're in, you're in an alley, you're in a fight, you're in a scrap. And, and that's the dude who you kind of want at your back. Like he's going to find a way or, or he's going to, you know, go down trying at least. Yeah, those numbers are pretty eye-opening when you look at it and say one thirteen and seven and seven. If you're if you're without your starting quarterback and you can try to remain five hundred, which is all we're trying to really do here is tread water. That's impressive. I mean, it's indicative of how you built the team around you. It the pieces you put together, kind of the stability you have within the locker room and the team. It says something about the depth. It says something about the mindset he's instilling there. And um, you know, I saw Des Bryant tweet to Tony Romo last night, like, man, if we had this defense when we were playing like 
look at the things we could have done. Uh, and that's, you know, I, I want to give the front office credit or I want to give Will, uh, Will McClay, I want to give Mike McCarthy and staff the credit. They've put this team together and they and they find a way to kind of steady the ship. So, I, I you know, I'm not big on we, – we're always here. We're sitting on the things that we don't like they do, but the things that they've been able to do kind of keep things at bay and not get off the rails here, it's a, it's a testament to McCarthy and what he's put together. Brandon, a lot of people get on Mike McCarthy for his clock management. I will say I was not a fan of the end of the first half sequence where Mike uh, chose to kind of, you know, play some poker against the New York Giants. He wound up giving his team a field goal try that Brett Maher missed. I don't put that on Maher, who I've on record apologized to. Um, I, I, But I will take that, Brandon. I will take that that. 100 out of 100 times and live with the the consequences, even of the decisions I disagree with, because it is such an improvement over the regime that we were so accustomed to here before. Yeah, I'm with you on that, RJ. I was kind of hoping they, they would have played that a little bit better because let's be honest, Graham Gano is one of the better kickers in the league and he's got a, he also has a monster leg. So I didn't really like how they handled that situation. I get Maher can, can bomb it as well. But I, I think they I think they got lucky in that situation where they were able to get the ball back and at least get Maher a shot from from almost 60. And then you got the other part, uh, I think it was later in the game uh, last night where a lot of people were, or no, maybe it was early in the game where a lot of people were not happy with McCarthy punting when he, they were clearly in Maher's range. And honestly, I did not mind it. I was not really that upset about it because it's all about trusting the defense. I go back to defense and he trusts the defense. And yes, the net, the net from anger on that, on that punt was not great. I think he, I think it was a touchback at that, at that, uh, that juncture. But overall, I think it. I thought that was actually the safer call because your defense is playing so good. Why, why take the opportunity that Maher could to, could miss the kick and give and give the Giants a short field? Because I wouldn't, I wouldn't have done that. So McCarthy, I've given a lot of flack to. You know, I, I didn't want him when he got hired for for the Cowboys gig. But you know, he, I've come, I've, I've kind of turned a little bit in his favor. I will say I turned more in his favor when he hired Dan Quinn as a defensive coordinator. I'm all about defense tonight, and I'm, I was very happy that he brought Dan Quinn in. So McCarthy, McCarthy, I'll give him a little flowers. I think he's doing a lot better than you know than than I expected. So I'll give I'll give him a little a little bit of love on that. But at the end of the day, I, I'm not going to lie. I, if Sean Payton's uh, you know nearby, I might I might want Sean Payton next year. So I'm just saying. Jess, do you feel like Mike McCarthy is underappreciated? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I was not a fan of the Mike McCarthy hire when it Sounds like you guys need to write some apology letters. Brandon, you're the one who didn't have anything to say. All right. (laughs) Look, I wasn't a fan, and it really wasn't until Hard Knocks, you even go back that far, where we started to see more of his personality and and how he runs the locker room, starting with the mojo moments. And I was like, hmm, maybe he's not that bad, right? Like maybe, maybe there's something there. And and now the more and more that I I hear the you know, interviews with the players and how much they talk about him in general, that's hard to do to get a room full of guys to have that respect for you to be like, Oh, coach tells me this. And, and, and coach tells me that like, he has the respect from the locker room that he needs. Those guys respect him. All of the players respect him. I think him and Dak have a great relationship that um, I I think shows, I I think same thing goes with Cooper Russia. And I think that could be a, a reason why he's been so successful as the backup. But I, I think Mike McCarthy is um, is on the up and up in, in my books because just the culture that he's created. And, of course, you know, you, you mentioned bringing in Dan Quinn. How could you not love anybody that brings in Dan Quinn? Dan Quinn is Dan Quinn, and he is forever the GOAT. Um, 
And again, I just think this Mike McCarthy era is is looking uh, a little bit lighter and a little bit brighter because he brings the camaraderie. He has the trust in the guys, right? I, from what I've heard, I mean, it was really different. With Jason Garrett, it was very to the book. This is my way. This is how it's going to go. And then you have Mike McCarthy now who's like, okay, I'm going to give you the trust. You have to earn it, but I'm going to give you the trust, whether that means a day off or, you know, um, if you, if you tell me you're ready to go in and get more reps, then I'm going to trust you for it. They're not being told what to do as much as they have that give and take relationship with Mike McCarthy. And I think um, if you're going to have a winning team, that's important. They have to trust their coach. And I think even going for it on the fourth downs that he's been going for shows how much trust he has in his team. So I, I personally owe Mike McCarthy an apology, but he is uh He's on the up and up for me. I, I really like the culture that he's created so far. Dan, I purposely saved you for last. So you would have to hear everybody, um, you know, just shower Mike McCarthy with love and affection. Um, do whatever you want with this, Danny. Mike McCarthy, your thoughts. Let's do it. Uh, you know, I I want to say, first off, I, I, I like this coaching staff a lot. Um, you know, I think that the group of coaches they have are, are great coaches. And we haven't seen, uh, you know, such a strong coaching staff in a while. You, you know, and I'm including everybody uh, with Mike McCarthy. And here's the thing. And I think that it's so hard to to judge him because there are, I mean, I want to ask you, I'll ask you, like, like, what does he contribute to, to you know, to help make them better? And, and and honestly, I have a long laundry list of issues with McCarthy and I could spend a whole show on this. But I think a lot of things for me, I think we got to start with the lack of discipline that's been going on. And I think McCarthy that's has a little. That, you know, I think, and I, I mean, you know, we get penalties. Every team gets penalties. But I think what bothers me about it is that a lot of them are just really bonehead ones. And I think, and just touched on it about, and it's, you know, she's absolutely right. There is that trust. And he does have, like, a little bit more freedom with it. But I think that's sometimes to a detriment in the sense of, like, these guys are not stopping making these bonehead penalties. And I think there's too many examples where we got lucky last night. But there's too many examples where these free – second chances they're going to be costly and when you combine them with with some of the stupidest clock managements and i'm talking about not just last night but just over the first three seasons you know he he hurts he affects the games in a negative way and i think i don't think he's uh, you know just a good leader i don't know how involved he is with like the, this personnel and scheme like what's it going to take who's who's the one responsible for giving zeke more touches than than Pollard is it is who's fighting who with Kellen Moore and, and like what's going on with the offensive line they don't, they don't know what they're doing last year with who's playing I think there's so many things going on and I mean he kept Zerline the whole year and he was just missing kicks and I just I don't know if people are like scared of or worried about their job like they were before so there's just a long a long list I think but the, the biggest one for me and this is the one that just trumps all is that He's such a, a, a Jones yes man. And since he doesn't challenge those guys, he basically just goes along. You know, he wants to just do the job and he, he doesn't have the ability to to convince them and, and influence them. I mean, because we know that you got to work with the Joneses. That's an absolute must for a Cowboys coach. But he has no ability to, to you know, take them away from, you know, their biggest detriment, which is themselves. And just McCarthy doesn't do that. So there's just a long list for, I mean, I, I, if he comes in and he takes his team and he, he helped, he puts everything together and, and uh, he's the glue that holds it, then I, I will apologize. But until I'm seeing McCarthy do some, some positive things, then no, there won't be an apology for me. 
Halman has hand raised first, and then I'll go, and then we'll wrap up. But Halman, um, you wanted to to rebut. Um, well, I mean, first of all, I'll, I agree with Danny that you know he still needs to actually prove himself uh, by actually going in and winning, you know, winning a Super Bowl, winning playoff games, um, and he hasn't actually done that yet. Um, but to Danny's question, like, what does McCarthy actually contribute? It's it's leadership, it's experience. He's been there and he's done it. That was always the problem with Jason Garrett as as a fairly young coach when he started in Dallas, and then as an interim head coach, he was always kind of just learning on the fly. Mike McCarthy's been in Green Bay. He started with Brett Favre. He oversaw a QB transition to Aaron Rodgers and actually developed Aaron Rodgers. People forget his first couple of years, he wasn't all that great. And then he grew into the player he is and he won a Super Bowl. Um, and, you know, you talked about how you like the coaching staff. Well, a lot of them are there because Mike McCarthy was, is the head coach. He brought in John Fossil. He made the decision to fire Mike Nolan after one year. Mike Nolan is a longtime friend and coworker. He made the decision to get rid of his guy and bring in a better coach and Dan Quinn. Jim Tom Sula as well. And Jim Tom Sula, yeah. And and the results have spoken for themselves. So he has he has the leadership and he has the experience that draws uh, good coaches in. And then he trusts those people to execute their plan. And John Fossil has immediately upgraded the special teams, and they've always they've been playing great since he got here. Dan Quinn upgraded the defense, and I know we're all down on Kellen Moore right now, but when he has had Dak Prescott playing, his offenses have been in the top ten and off in efficiency. And I think most of the time they've been in, in the top 10 in yards and points. So he's brought in a good coaching staff and that's what he contributes. I would just add to Hellman's point um, and say that I disagree that Mike is a Jones. Yes, man. I think his predecessor was the ultimate Jones. Yes, man. In fact, I mean, we're coming off of a game where, you know, it was almost a 50, 50 split between Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pod. That's kind of like the, you know, sort of microcosm of like Jones. Yes, man, you know, discipleship at this point in time. I also would say that we get, far fewer Jerry leak type radio appearances now with Mike McCarthy and Mike pushes back on that. And Mike will talk about in his press conferences. I mean, he said a few weeks ago that he doesn't like the way that that happens around here. I mean, like Mike is not afraid to, to wave his big shiny Super Bowl ring in the Joneses faces and, and show it to them and say that he wanted in their building. And so I do think he walks and talks with the bravado that is necessary of somebody in that position. But to your point, Dan, I mean, it is a losing battle no matter who holds that seat. Um, I just think that Mike climbs that mountain a little bit higher than most people are able to. Um, but this is one of those things like, you know, uh, how when you brought up the, the Mike Nolan thing, Kevin says he fired Nolan. So he didn't get fired. This is one of those things that like, you could argue that it was, it was Mike, you know, being willing to change and being willing to move on and fire a friend after one year. You could also argue that it was him trying to save himself. People are just kind of stuck to your point, Dan, earlier in the mud, stuck in their own opinion. And they're not going to come off of it unless the Cowboys are a disaster or they win the Super Bowl. And that justifies the process one way or another. Final thing, we're going to go around the, the horn very quickly here as we wrap up. The Dallas Cowboys are two and one. They have five games remaining before their bye week. They have the Washington Commanders on Sunday afternoon. Uh, they are three-point favorites in that game per our friends at DraftKings. They visit the L.A. Rams and Philadelphia Eagles after that before home games against the Detroit Lions and Chicago Bears. I'll give you all a moment to think. I'm going to ask you for the Cowboys record at the bye week. There are five games here. They have played three games already. So if your record does not add up to eight total games, you have done something wrong. Uh, so, Tony, we'll start with you. What is the Cowboys record at the bye week? 
if we get Dak back for the Philadelphia game, I think they're six and two. If let's, they let's don't, I say Dak, five and by, three. By the, sorry, Tony, not to interrupt you. Let's yeah. assume Dak returns for that game. So everybody factor that into your prediction. He returns for Philadelphia. So ha- two of these games first without Dak and Cooper Rush um, forever. May he reign and Dak Prescott for the last three. I, I think that it's a real possibility. They could be six and two. I, I, I see them lose. So you're saying they lose one more game. Yeah. I get, I mean, I think they lose the Rams game regardless. You know, if okay. if he's out there or not, I think. That the, but I think that they could shock, apparently, the world and beat Philadelphia. So I think that would be six and two and eight. And okay, so um, to add to the exercise, uh, record prediction and the losses you have. So Tony's got them six and two loss in L.A. Halman. Uh, five and three loss to the Rams, uh, and then loss to the Lions because I think that the Lions are just that kind of team that, you know, we talked about McCarthy being in a fight, but. Those Dan Campbell, fighting Dan Campbells, <laughs> you don't want to be in a fight with them. They'll take your kneecap off. I think they'll do it in Dallas. Okay, so both of you think the Cowboys are losing to the Rams. Both of you think the Cowboys are beating the Eagles. Howman has a loss to the Lions, though. Danny, you're shaking your head. This is a great roundtable. What is your record prediction for the Cowboys? Well, it's also going to be 5-3, and three, but I am taking us losing to the Eagles. I think that I think we'll lose to the Rams and we'll lose to the Eagles. I, I think even when Dak back, I think – I don't expect him to just be like sensational right away. And I think there's going to be a little bit of some growing pains with that. I would love to see that happen. And I do think uh, Hallman did pick a good, interesting kind of upset game with Detroit. So good, good call there. But I, I think that, I think the Eagles, I don't, the disrespect of those guys and at home with Dak just coming back. I mean, that's a tough, that's a tough task for them. So I'm taking them five and three, losing the two important ones, unfortunately. So Danny has him winning at home, losing against, uh, losing on the road. Um, all five of these games, all three of you, have, we have a, a streak going. Cowboys losing in LA. So universal agreement that the Rams are super tough to beat, but the Eagles are not. Uh, Brandon, yeah, I'm, I'm on board with the Rams situation. I right now, I think going into that bye week, I think they're going to be six and two. I think they win four out of the next five. I, honestly, I was going back and forth. Between the Rams and Philly, it just to me it depends on on Dak and seeing what happens with him. I, I do lean towards the Rams, though. I would say more so because I feel like if Dak's not playing against the Rams, I think uh, I think that offensive line might be in trouble against Aaron Donald and company. So I think that that could be an issue, especially because Cooper Rush is not really going to uh, rush the ball. He's not going to be mobile. So Aaron Donald will just just destroy him. I feel like if if, if things go that way. And then the Philly game, I mean, I'll just say this. I, I'm not too concerned. They're 3-0, and and then I think we talked about it earlier. I think, I think it was Hallman that said it earlier. I mean, who have they really played? So, and, and here's the other point. Has Jalen Hurts faced a Micah Parsons, you know, on that, on that edge? I don't think so. I, Micah Parsons is a, is a unicorn, just like RJ was saying. And he runs a 4-3. I mean, Jalen Hurts is quick, but he's not 4-3 quick. So, for me, I think the Dallas – again, I'm going to say – I'm going with the word defense tonight. So the Cowboys' defense is the reason why they beat Philly um, that in that stretch. But I do think the Rams are the game that they're going to stumble because I do not see them going 5-0. and They're going to stumble somewhere, and I think the Rams are the best possibility. And Detroit's interesting. Dan Campbell's got, got a good crew there. So, I mean, that, that's a possibility. But I would, I, would, I would hedge my bets on losing to the Rams. Four predictions, four losses to the Rams, only one to the Eagles. Jess? 
Yeah, I'm going to have to agree. Um, I tweeted you this earlier. I'd go six and two. I think they lose to the Rams if they lose. However, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. If they game. lose, I'm sorry. If so, you if think they there's... lose? <laughs> I think there's hope. Honestly, if here's the thing, there's gonna there's gonna be a few factors that play into I think how close it's going to be with the Rams because at that point is Dak. We're essentially pretending Dak will be back by then. Correct. We're that, saying he's back in, in at Philly. So okay. LA would be Cooper Rush. Okay. So LA Cooper Rush, if he looks like this, if the O-line continues to look like they have with the progression. And at that point, you get uh Jason Peters more involved at left guard, maybe more reps. I think that could be really helpful in establishing that run game. Um, like we saw with him creating those pockets even just yesterday for the little bit of times he was in. I think that's gonna be key for these next few games and and getting him out of that ramp up and uh deciding where he's going to be full-time which it seems like left guard and that's cool but um I, I don't think it's going to be a blowout game I don't I don't I don't know if they can pull off the win but I don't think they're going to get blown out like people are thinking um honestly I think it's going to come down to a field goal to which end I will not say but um yeah I I think Philly isn't as intimidating as everybody likes to make it seem did they make some good offseason moves correct they they absolutely did and I think that's why everybody's saying they're they're more of a competition than they were but at the same time it's Philly of course I'm never gonna say that the Cowboys are gonna lose to them that's disgusting why would I do that but I will say I'm going six and two and uh I'm I'm saying the loss will be to the Rams um I am astounded honestly at um the I was gonna say blatant homerism, but Halman is a pretty logical person here. Uh that that is happening. Although Halman picked the Jaguars already to beat the Eagles. I think that's a fair pick um this Sunday afternoon uh in the Doug Peterson revenge game. Um I am I haven't said this sentence in a while. I am 100 percent in agreement with Danny Phantom. I think the Cowboys uh get to the bye week five and three. Um that's a clean sweep. We're all afraid of the Rams, apparently. Um, and I think that. I think the Cowboys fans, and I'm not saying this is the four of you, I think a lot of Cowboys fans are so willing to to be unwilling to recognize what the Eagles are doing. Uh, Howman, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I'm sure you've seen the Eagles are fourth in DVOA, overall DVOA as of today. Uh, the Cowboys are sixth, to be fair. Um, but, I mean, and I get what you're saying, Brandon, that, that Jalen hasn't hasn't seen Micah Parsons, but um, but the Cowboys haven't seen a, a duo like A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith either yet so far this season. I mean, I, I just think that, you know, do y'all think they've seen a duo like that so far? Are you guys hey, who the Bengals got? Who the Bengals have? I would not take the. I would. I mean, Jamar Chase and T Higgins are fine. I'm not, you know, trying to underrate Tyler them, Boyd them by any means. I, mean, I want to see the. I want to see the Bama boys go at it. Diggs and uh, and Devontae Smith. That'll be a lot of fun. That will be fun. I agree with that. Um, but I agree with Danny um, that the cow and that's fine. If look, if the Cowboys get to the bye week five and three, however many games Dak plays, I know we all said. You know, whatever. Cool. By the way, if Dak returns, so we've all got them losing to the Rams. So that would put them at what three and two. They would have gone four and one with Cooper Rush in in his life three and one this season. Um, and then Dak shows up and loses on the road against the Eagles on Sunday Night Football. That will be a week of hell. Like just from all the like you know quarterback controversy stuff that's you know floating out there in the ether. Um, so looking forward to that. Uh, but it is now time. However you feel about any of this, just turned her camera off, or I don't know what's going on with her. Uh, it's time to award today's BTB Roundtable Champion. Does anybody have any predictions on who it is? I just want to say it better not be someone who said, I refuse to apologize to the front office and slow <laughs> your roll on this, and then turned around and predicted they'll be 6-2. and two. 
thanks, Danny. Thank you. <laughs> that was um, a great I, I, clip. I, I, I stand, I stand pat with it. I don't. I'm not. We know apologize. you do, Danny. We know you don't offer apologies. We learned that about 30 minutes ago. Um, man, Danny, that was awesome. In fact, that was so awesome. Tony was the roundtable champion, but I am changing it at this moment to make it. Danny wow. Phantom wins with 27 points. Tony Catalina, I was going to give it to you, Tony, because you were at the game and it was fun. It was good vibes. But Danny came in with a snipe at the end. I, I respect yeah, that. A little bit. He, he wanted to win. Danny wanted to win more. So, Danny, the floor is yours. Congratulations on winning tonight's roundtable. Back to back, you know, <laughs> wasn't even a roundtable champion, you know, a week ago this time, and look what's happened. But no, I think uh, I think the key to, to winning is just basically disagree with all you guys because uh, that seems like what that you know gets the most points. Uh, but no, you know that's great. It's always fun to argue with you guys. Um, you made some great uh, points for me to um, debate against. So uh, yeah, this it's nice to to hang with you guys. Tony, how do you feel? A, knowing that you would have won if not for Dan's comment, and B, about Dan's comment, kind of calling you out for talking out of both sides of your mouth a little bit. You talking about me? That was oh, yeah, yeah, you were no. among the people he was describing. Ah, listen, <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll punt on that one and say uh, moral victories are for minor league coaches, so whatever. <laughs> hey, you know, minor <laughs> leaguers work hard too, Tony. What's the deal? I, what's, you know... I, you this know, is the big leagues, okay? This is blocking the boys. I'm not taking no moral victories here. Um, AJ wants you to know, Tony, that you were robbed more than Romo. Oh, um, wow. So, wow. Uh, wow. Um, well, Tony, I mean, you didn't get the round table, but you do get the honors of uh, of sending us out. You don't have to sing. You don't have to rap. Instead, Tony, I would like you to tell us um, – I would like you to tell us what your favorite cereal is, what your favorite word is, and what your favorite animal is based off of the sound that that animal makes. You don't have to make the sound yourself. but So you got all that? Ready? Let's do it. All right. Favorite cereal is Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Okay. It's off to a strong start. Favorite word? I think I say bro a lot. <laughs> and... And uh, my last name is Catalina. So for some reason, a lion before Micah Parsons has been a big, uh, big part of my life. So I'm going to say a yeah, lion. Your last name is not Lion Alina. It's Catalina. Yeah. The big cat. The big <laughs> Tony. <laughs> you... The big cat. <laughs> you this literally. <laughs> you literally made this so bad. <laughs> you got to stop calling on me, man. <laughs> um. All right. Um. I don't know. Hellman, say anything and we'll leave. How about them Cowboys? Yeah. 